Welcome to another episode of Who They Talk, guys. Braden and Jay here. Today we're going to talk about some uh, coaching news that we've heard so far in the past week, and we're going to also talk about five different draft prospects, and then there's some other stuff around the NFL. So let's get right to it. Uh, first up, well, today we just found out that Brian Callahan, the son of Bill Callahan, is going to be our next offensive coordinator. Uh, Braden, I'll let you start off on that. What do you think? Uh, I'm not huge on it. I was kind of hoping for a more experienced offensive coordinator, somebody who was more involved with what the offense was doing. Uh, t- Taylor, not Taylor. Callahan's been kind of around the league. He was the quarterback's coach for that really good Broncos 2013 offense. Uh, he's been the quarterback coach at Stafford. So he has some experience coaching quarterbacks, but he's never called plays, and that's kind of concerning for me. Yeah, uh, I, I don't really like the hire either. Um for many reasons. He doesn't have that much experience and he has experience as a quarterback's coach, but he doesn't really have that much experience as a play caller. He's never never called plays in his life. In addition to that, I don't really like how I don't really like how Bill Callahan and Brian Callahan are both on the staff just because best case scenario, Brian Callahan lights it up and he gets hired as a head coach. Well, he's probably going to take his dad with him as his offensive or not as offensive coordinator, as an offensive line coach at least and maybe another role, but it kind of it kind of groups your guys together to where if if your offensive coordinator succeeds, that's already one guy that's going to leave. And I don't think that I mean that's not a big thing, but that's something I don't like about it. Another thing I don't like about it is he's coming from the Raiders. His, the most recent scheme he's been in wasn't very good. And yes, I know he had some success with Stafford and the Broncos, but I mean the Broncos didn't really revolve around an offense anyway. And I'm not sure how much of Stafford's success that that those couple years in Detroit were really his doing. So I'm not really sure I like that Detroit scheme anyway. So from from what I can see, I see a guy coming from some not great schemes. I see a guy with no experience. And even if he doesn't call plays, he's going to be instilling the offense. And just the scheme I see, I know Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor is going to be the one instilling the offense, but – I mean, the offensive coordinator is going to have his own twist on it. And I, don't, I don't really see the experience in schemes I would want. I would want parts of in our new scheme, and I don't know. I just don't think it's the best move we could have made. I think I would have much rather preferred Press Taylor over a guy like him. Uh, even guys. I mean, we've discussed the guys before. I'm not going to go through all of them again. But guys like Jim Bob Cooter and, and just guys like that. Yeah, and something else, I don't know if I'm reaching here, but the fact that he's been with some really good quarterbacks, and usually if you're a position coach, if you do really good with a position, you'll get offensive coordinator roles or some type of promotion. He's really never gotten that, and you'd think, especially after that Broncos offense he did in 2013, he'd get some consideration. So the fact that he really never has kind of scares me. Yeah, that tells me that he really did, he wasn't really involved in, as involved in those offenses as – as his uh, resume shows, and I don't know. I just don't really like that that much. I mean, I don't know. It just wasn't a flashy hire, and I kind of wanted a flashy hire, I guess. But hopefully it works out. Um, those are the only three coaching spots we know of right now, Zach Taylor, Bill Callahan, and Brian Callahan. Yeah, we're still that, waiting for Bill Callahan to get out of the Redskins. We're, waiting on, we're waiting on official confirmation, but uh, Benjamin Albright pretty much said it's happening. Uh there's been a falling out between the Redskins and Bill Callahan. Redskins are upset that he's 
the Redskins think a lot of the offensive line injuries are due to him keeping their offensive linemen late after practice, like extremely late after practice. And just other little stuff around there is making making a divide a lot more likely than them staying together. Um, but, I mean, me and you both have sources pointing towards Bill Callahan. Ben Albright has said Bill Callahan. I I think it's very likely Bill Callahan's our next offensive line coach, but for all intents and purposes, let's just say it's not official yet. So, yeah. officially, we only know two guys, Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor. Yeah, and something else that this could be more me speculating bad news, but you never know with having family in the same coaching staff that there yeah. could be some power issues. Yeah, Maybe I've... Bill's like, hey, no, what you're doing is dumb. I've been here longer. I know what I'm doing, and you just don't know what. Yeah, I definitely – that's something I definitely don't like just because – I mean, you're essentially creating a dynamic where the offensive line coach isn't really – he's not the true underling of the offensive coordinator. The offensive coordinator doesn't really have complete control over those coaches because one of the coaches is his father, and he's not going to tell his father, like, hey, this is bullshit. You can't do this. He's not going to do that. I, I, I just – it's not going to happen. And you're gonna, maybe you see – maybe something like uh, – Bill Callahan getting an assistant head coach role kind of tries to hide that power dynamic where, okay, well, he's not listening because he is the assistant head coach or whatever. But, I mean, still, I mean, you want to see your you want to see your offensive coordinator be able to tell the offensive line coach or tell any coach really when he's doing something wrong and you want that, that coach to listen or at least take take what he's saying into account. And this is just speculation, obviously. We don't really know if that's that's how it's going to be. But, I mean, it's more likely it's going to – there's going to be some sort of power dynamic than there would be if it wasn't a family member. I know. Staying on our coaching talk, uh, two defensive coordinator names that I both like very much came up for the Bengals, Jack Del Rio and John Fox. Uh, how do you feel about that? I'm higher on John Fox than a lot of guys are. Um I think he he installed some great defenses. Jack Del Rio, I, I was low on at first, but I've come around on him a little bit. Something that just happened 30 seconds ago, Bob Sutton is done in Kansas City. Um, he was fired. He's their defensive coordinator. He was fired. So maybe we see him emerge as a candidate. I hope not. I, I hope not, but I'm just saying I, I think it's possible I could see that happening. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Bob Johnson – or not Bob Johnson, sorry. Bob Sutton is underrated. I think he he didn't really have that great of a roster to to deal with. And I believe the Chiefs have one of the best third-down defenses in the league. So, I mean, it is what it is, but we'll see. Yeah. So, uh, what were you saying about John Fox? What makes him so appealing for you? I, I just think he – I mean, he felt, he fits that role as the – defensive coordinator that can you can just shove him in the other room and say all right you handle the defense you don't have to worry about him and you he allows your head coach to be focused on the offense personally I'm fine with either higher I don't have a preference of one over the other I think Fox has he has a lot of head coaching experience a lot of good head coaching experience he's been to two Super Bowls he lost both but he just has experience he knows how to install a good defense, and so does Del Rio. I, I thought Del Rio wasn't 
especially last year with the Raiders, wasn't put in a great position, especially with Carr coming back from that injury. He, I don't think he was 100%, but I think yeah. they're both really no. good defensive-minded coaches. Yeah, now that I think about it, I think I would prefer John Fox over Del Rio by a hair. But, I mean, it's so close. I can't really make a decision. Another guy that um, has been talked about is the Bills defensive coordinator. I can't remember his name. Leslie uh, – I forget his name exactly, but he, the Bills' defense coordinator has been reported that he could be on his way out in favor of a better opportunity elsewhere in, like, a less uh, rebuild-type-ish team, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of candidates out there. We really haven't heard anything. Nothing's really been leaked about this this opening. So it's kind of hard to speculate on the specific, the specific guys that, okay, we know are involved. I mean, we're, right now we're just speculating that, okay, Jack, Jack Del Rio is probably involved. Uh, just based on reports on like, okay, well, these guys could be candidates, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I think one of them will get it just because I think Taylor does want somebody on the defensive staff that can kind of just take control of the defense. So I feel confident it will be one of them too, or maybe the Bills defensive coordinator. Another guy that we should keep our eye on is uh, Mike Nolan from the Saints. Uh, he's a guy that, you could definitely – I could definitely see coming over to us, but he's probably not as high on the list for a variety of reasons I'm not even going to get into. Um, but, yeah, uh, other than the coaches, I want to move into the, the AFC Championship slate that we – not the AFC Championship. Yeah, the conference championship slates that we watched this weekend. Yep. So, let's start off the controversial one, Rams, Rams versus Saints. A really fun game to watch with a bit of a controversial ending. How do you do? You think the Saints got screwed out of the win? I I have a should that have been called? Yes, but I don't think you can say that the Saints would have definitely won that game. And you you can't really pick at one play without picking at other plays. I mean, it just had that play happened, or well, had that non-call, I guess, happened in the first quarter. No one would be talking about this. I. I know it didn't happen in the first quarter, but, I mean, I just – there's bad calls in every game. I don't think you can – I mean, all this talk about Goodell has the power to reverse a ruling or make them replay it, which, one, isn't true. Uh, there's another There's another um, rule that later on explains that they, he can't do that. But I don't, I don't know if you guys saw this, but I'm referring to the Michael Thomas tweet about – he tweeted out, like, article – like, rule something, article blank. 17-2. Yeah, he he tweeted out some NFL rule that implied that the commissioner has the authority to reverse the ruling of a game, uh, reverse the um like the whoever won the game or whatever, and he has the power to make them replay from that spot. But then there's another rule later on that kind of counteracts that. So regardless of all that, I think in every game you're going to have some bad calls. You're going to have some really great calls, and I. It's unfortunate, yes. I I wish it wouldn't have would have wouldn't have happened, but it happened, and I don't think you can go go on and reverse a, a ruling of a game or anything crazy like that. I think if you want to address it in the future, you can do stuff like I don't know, and still replay like or expand the replay system, which I would also kind of disagree with a little bit, but I'm not going to get into all that, but. I don't know. There's a lot of other things you can do to prevent the, that from happening in the future. But at the same time, I mean, it's 
it's part of the game. You're gonna have bad calls in the game. I mean, it's how it's always been. I don't think you wanna you wanna change the outcome of the game based on one call. Yeah, I agree. It's not like the Saints just got completely screwed. There was times where the Saints got away with a lot of penalties. There's the face mask on Goff to drive before that would have given the Rams the ball on first and goal on the one if it was called and they well, let's be honest, they would have scored a touchdown instead of getting a field goal. Yeah. There was a there was also a delay of game on the Saints while they were inside the five on a third and goal, I believe that the rest point we missed. Uh see there's missed calls for both teams and yeah, that call was just so big because it was in that time. But also, the Saints went really conservative. They blew a 13-point lead. It's, that penalty is not the reason why they lost. I, I, I'm I going to take a step back on that. I'm going to say we don't know that that penalty is lost. Uh, I'm not going to say definitely it's not. But, I mean, regardless, you can't go and change the game. It's unfortunate, yes, but it happened. Let's just get over it move on and maybe change the rule in the future. Uh, the next game, Pats Chiefs. That was a great game. Um, I mean, we had. I mean, we had two overtime games. Uh, first time in history. First time in history. No, it was just amazing, amazing to watch this weekend. And Brady got bailed out by a D four neutral zone infraction. Uh, Chiefs would have won on and won it had had D four known where to line up. And I. It was just amazing. Uh, Brady got lucky. Um, Funny story when I because before the play they showed Brady talking to a ref in the huddle, and I kind of looked over to my friend. I'm like, I'm, I bet he's saying, "Bail me out if I make a mistake here." I don't think that's gonna happen. But no, I'm just kidding. It was kind of funny that it happened. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, there's no denying that Brady has a lot of influence, and I'm not saying he's influencing influencing refs, but I mean, he he does he's a polar not polarizing he's a big figure in the NFL, and I mean if anyone is gonna have some say in something it's gonna be him. I don't think that was the case, but I I do think Brady's a lucky son of a bitch. But yeah. and also since we're talking about possible rule change, I think the overtime rule needs to change. I, I think. Want, it, I okay. think. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think that. It's just kind of bullshit that a team might not even have a chance to go out on offense. Like, Mahomes didn't even get a chance. I mean, I think it should be more of a – not college style because if you start at the 25, it's guaranteed points in the NFL with the kickers. But I think they need to find a system where both offenses can definitely get the ball. See, what I would like is I want a – okay. So, this, I have a few different scenarios. First scenario is you have a 15-minute period, okay? You play the 15 minutes no matter what. No kicking field goal – or no, sorry. No extra points. If you want to kick a field goal, it has to be a 60-yarder. And pretty much, yeah, that's my rule. Uh, full 15-minute period. You you play the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Other idea would be – College overtime rules, except for you stop from you start at the forty instead of the twenty, and no kicking, obviously. Um, but yeah, those are my two ideas. I think those would be a lot better than what we have now. Um, yeah, my idea is kind of uh, just a full drive college football style. Each team has a chance to go kick off everything. You have four tries to get it. If you don't get it, then you have to kick off to the other team. Then. 
kind of same idea of third overtime, keep still tied. You go for two on touchdowns. I think that would make it a little more fair towards defenses, and that might drag on a little, and I doubt the NFL would do that, but that's kind of my ideal overtime. Yeah, I mean, the current overtime system has been it, – it, this isn't the first time where it's come up. It's just not – it's just not something that is really that great. Um, but other than that, uh, that kind of covers the first part of our episode. Um, next up, we got some prospects we want to talk about. Um, which guy do you want to start off with first? I'll talk about Vandal Joseph, the Clemson linebacker. Vandal Joseph, the Clemson linebacker. All right, go ahead. All right, Joseph is a really good zone coverage linebacker. Personally, he's a little small, and that shows up when he's getting blocked by offensive linemen. He can often get washed out. He's not afraid to take them on. He has good low center of gravity, but his size does kind of affect him. But really good about reading the quarterback's eyes, kind of – he feels the running back or tight end in zone. He's really good at presence. He's really good at kind of knifing through the gap. Really good tackler, sound tackler, but just kind of that undersized and so bad at getting off blocks. That's going to make him fall a little bit, I personally think, but he's somebody who can be kind of a coverage specialist for you. Yeah, I mean, he he is great at getting, at, at like gapping, as I like to call it, like Something we look at with defensive linemen is where, okay, when they're double teamed, how well how well are they able to get through that gap in between the two guys? With linebackers, it's a little different, but it's essentially the same. How how good is that guy at getting through the gap and getting to the quarterback or getting to the ball carrier? And with him, he's great at that. He's excellent. He's excellent runner. He's great at chasing guys down. Uh, and I I like that you mentioned his uh, zone coverage. I think he's also a, he has a lot of potential in man coverage. Uh, he's not the best athlete, but I think he's good enough to get get by. And I mean, he's just a really smart player. I mean, he's the opposite of Malik Jefferson. He's gonna be. Yeah. He's a he's a mental player. He's very smart. Um. I I could, I would be fine with picking him day two. I'd be one hundred percent okay with picking him day two. He probably slots in at my. Oh, I don't know. He he might sneak into the top five linebackers for me. I'm trying to do it math in my head, not math, but. Like, sorry, one sec. So something just fell. Five or six. He'd be five or six. Five or six on my linebacker uh, board. But, I mean, he's a great player, uh, a great defense, obviously. Last year, I, I mean, he definitely rose the stock this year. Last year, he probably would have been like a fourth or fifth round pick, for me at least. And he stayed in school. Um, and I think that was the right choice. It's going to pay off for him. For sure. He's somebody that if we – I think something we'll talk about once we get closer to free agency is signing linebackers and kind of if we sign one, we can't let that affect how we draft. So I think if we, regardless, if we sign a linebacker and we get a guy like Joseph or Pratt, who I'm about to talk about, then we could have a pretty solid linebacker. Yeah, let's just go right into Pratt because I I love Pratt. Pratt Pratt might end up as my linebacker two or three. I'm going to have to readjust my rankings and – combine and summarize my draft profiles a little bit but I mean Pratt looks every bit to be a top three linebacker I have friends uh, other draft scouts that have him as their linebacker one I mean he's a converted safety uh very 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 smart player uh last year he did struggle in coverage a little bit um and that's something that he really improved on this year 
Uh, I, I, he's very good at chasing his guys down. Uh, he's a pretty big guy. I mean, he's like I said, he's converted safety, but I mean, he's six three, two forty five. He, he's a big guy. Uh, I mean, I, I'll let you talk about him a little bit, and I'll come back to him. I mean, he's he's just great. I mean, great tackler. Only issue for me is his strength, but I mean, other than that, I think he's okay. I mean, he's a great player. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, other than strength, he's kind of one of those. Sometimes scouts shy away from those smaller school guys. I wouldn't necessarily say smaller school, but not playing on a great team. That for some reason, teams get scared of that. Kind of like Jesse Bates. Some teams didn't like that. He was at Wake Forest. He didn't succeed, but he he's really good. I really like Pratt as well. He's somebody who I like day two. I think his zone coverage really improved this year. Converting from safety kind of helps his range and knowing – who to cover, who to pick up. He's kind of a really smart player. It seemed like of all linebackers this year, he just struggled with getting off blocks, and his strength certainly did not help with that. But he's a great tackler. He's great tackling form, great in space. He's just somebody who I think would be great for the Bengals and linebacker that I really like. Yeah, he he's a he's an inside linebacker right now. I mean – I could play him at will, but I think he's a middle linebacker at the next level. Um, I mean, he's he's a guy that I expect to do pretty well in the strength department and in the speed department. But I, I don't know how well I – I mean, I don't think he's all that – he's not very technical in terms of movement. He's not he's not really that flexible, I guess, is the way to yeah. put it. I mean, he, he – I don't know. I just – I don't really know how to explain it. He's just not – Very tight you're very, uh, I I don't I think that changed a little bit. Uh, I think he did his hips got a little bit better as the season went on. So I don't want to say tight hips, but I think he. I don't know how to. I, I don't know where his lack of flexibility is coming from. It's just when I watch him, he just seems so rigid. Um, I mean, but like I said, he's great. Great at shooting those gaps. Uh, getting like I said, gapping. Uh, very, he's a very smart player though. I mean, one one of the smarter linebackers in this draft for sure. I completely agree. Uh, so somebody else that I really like was a daughterly, or how do you say his name? The safety from the Delaware yeah. safety. Yeah. He, I, I have a lot of people telling me he's the number one safety in this draft uh, over Deontay Thompson. He's certainly very underrated. Yeah, he's very under. He's very underrated. He has good range. Uh, he's not at the level of Deontay Thompson, obviously. Uh, I mean, he has experience in single high. Not the best ball skills, but, I mean, he's he's a converted cornerback. Well, not converted cornerback, but he's played a lot of cornerback. Uh, I mean, he's he's not best. He's not great in man coverage, but he can definitely hold his own, like, in a spot situation. Uh, great at closing in. I mean, he he's a really good player. I mean, great, great tackler. He's very – the one thing I didn't – Really, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know if I want to say it because it's something that a lot of people disagree with me on. But say it. I'll see if I disagree. All right, all right. We'll say it. I just don't know how well he is at covering every route. I think like screens and like I mean, screens are obviously something you don't really cover traditionally. But I mean, especially on like post routes and I don't know. I'm just not so sure on him with that. 
No, I feel there's some inconsistencies with. I guess that is the word. the route break. I wouldn't necessarily find it a concern that much, but something he does have to work on. Yeah, I mean he he's a great special teamer too. I, I my friend Carter Donick, uh, Canadian guy, he's in mobile right now. He he's a younger guy. He's like seventeen. Uh, but he he's a real deal. I mean he has connections with uh, a bunch of different big media guys. But um, definitely. I mean. He's great special teamer. I'm watching this clip on clip on him right now from my friend Carter Don. You can follow him, C Don Scouting, on Twitter. But I mean, I don't know. He, he he's a weird. He's one of those guys that I find I find hard to just to judge. I mean, I I'm I'm I wouldn't call safety my best position at scouting. So I don't know. We'll see. Personally, I kind of feel like he might get the. Jesse Bates treatment this year. Bates was always a really good player last year. I thought I had a late first on him, but teams kind of shied away from him, kind of stole some inconsistencies. thing with Bates, though, was his teams were doubting his tackling, and teams, I doubt, are getting that with him. Aldery, I'm just going to call him that because I'm not good at names. But I feel like he's just going to fall because he's not the easiest to scout, and he's a very small school guy. Well, not – not only that, I mean, we see we, the safety position has been dropping, I mean, in the past few years a lot. I mean, we're not seeing many safeties getting picked high. Um, sorry, excuse me. And I'm going to take back what I said. I'm I'm okay at scouting safeties. That's not the issue. But the safeties that don't really – that have played different positions for some reason, I don't know why. I'm just not the best at. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, I remember we were both pretty low compared to other people on Derwin last year. On who? Derwin. Oh, Derwin. Yeah, I was very low on Derwin, and I, I'm taking the L on that one because so just, just those safeties with that play different positions kind of just I don't know. I I undervalue them for some reason. I mean, another this one's probably gonna bite me in the ass too because I'm very low on Juan or Juan Thornhill. I know he's a cornerback convert, but I I don't really I don't really see it with him, and I not. Devin or not Devin, sorry, Derwin James. I didn't hate him to the to the degree I hate uh, Juan Thornhill, but I don't know. Every year there's that safety I hate that's normally a convert that ends up proving me wrong, and that's probably gonna be Juan Thornhill this year. But I I can't just I still I know it's gonna happen, but I can't justify changing anything on my grade just because I don't see it. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, another guy to really look at, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, and he's. He's a safety to corner guy, not corner to safety. He he's gonna be a slot defender at the next level. I like him a lot. I like him day two. Um, very great, great range. He can play safety too. Like I said, he's kind of not Josh Shaw. I'm not comping him to Josh Shaw, but he he's one of those guys that's gonna play a role similar to similar to Josh Shaw. Maybe a little more corner than safety. Uh, very great in man coverage. Uh, he didn't really do a lot of like cover three stuff, but I mean he's playing, he's playing inside in the slot anyway, so it's that's that's not terrible. Um, pretty pretty good footwork, I like it. Uh, he's a little bit tight, but I'm not gonna complain. I'll let you finish up on this because I, I've been talking a lot and I realize that now. <laughs> oh, you're good. I'm actually going to disagree about the slot. I think just because it's hips always seem to be laid on those comebacks out routes that I think he needs a little more time. I feel like outside corner, boundary, field would benefit him a little more. 
I could be wrong. I've never been slot corners have kind of always been my position that I'm never great at. So who knows? But he's somebody who somebody who I personally like as outside corner. I feel like if he can be a little more consistent anticipating route breaks, he could be a really good slot corner. I like to see a little more consistency in his ball skills. There's been times that's really flashed and times where it's just looks kind of messy. Uh, yeah, he has good zone coverage, I would say. He anticipates people behind him, but man coverage is, can be very inconsistent. Kind of like a Drake through Patrick inconsistent. As in, there might be times where he just looks really, really good, and there will be other times where he just looks like a mess. I wouldn't compare him to Drake or Patrick, but I, I do agree. He is con- he is very inconsistent. Uh, he, but he does bring to bring to the table that athleticism. I mean, like I said earlier, that range, those ball skills. And he's very versatile. I mean, he can play safety. I mean, I, I think he's a slot corner. He thinks he's a – or Braden thinks he's an outside corner. I mean, he's obviously okay playing in a lot of different positions. Um, uh, I'm very – I'm very – attracted to him third round uh if especially if we lose denard i think i i could make a good argument to put him put him in third round uh but yeah i mean he's he's great um he's a guy that i mean a lot of people have him late first early second i mean in a community mock draft i'm in right now someone took him pick 31 to the chiefs and i'm not sure if i'm that high on him but I, i think he's he's a very good player and he definitely belongs to be in that Early day two talk. Yep, for sure. And who else we got? Or is that all? Ford is the last guy. That's right. I'll let you start on that. All right. This is this is one of my guys. Uh, he played right tackle at – he's going to play right tackle at the next level. He goes to Oklahoma. Um, he played right tackle at Oklahoma. I should probably say that. But uh, this was his first year at right tackle. I believe he was at, he was at guard. I forget it was right guard or left guard in uh, – 2017 um but he he played guard uh i think he's he, at the next level he, he's a tackle i'm not one of those guys that thinks oh well if i'd rather have a hall of fame guard than an elite offensive tackle i okay well that i put that wrong i probably would rather have an offense or a uh, hall of fame guard but i i believe in giving guys a chance at tackle before i give them a chance at guard and i he's just like isaiah win last year a lot of people had isaiah win at guard I think he's a tackle, so I, I will never get off that train. The 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 notion that you can't be a good tackle if you have short arms or if you have if you're short, whatever, I, I don't I don't believe that to be true at all. And I'm just gonna say it, Cody Ford's an offensive tackle. Great in pass protection. Only thing I really have an issue with him is against speed rushers, quicker quicker rushers. Uh he kind of just he kind of loses his leverage, not leverage really, but loses his positioning. Footwork is good. I think it's good footwork. I think it's just tad like, I don't know. He has I quick, he quick get screwed up and everything yeah. kind of gets screwed up, what I saw. Yeah, I mean, he has quick feet, but his, his the placement of those feet where they go isn't the best, I guess is the way to put it. Uh, his stance isn't very, uh, I don't know what, something's weird about his stance. He's not, he's not getting low enough for me. I don't. Know how to explain it. Uh, he's a, he's a great. What? Probably just a transition to guard to tackle. Yeah. Little different stands kind of have to adapt to different situations. Yeah, I mean, for his first year at tackle, he's great. I mean, he he's amazing. Uh, I mean, if you try and bull rush against him, you're not going to win flat out. Um, 
once he gets his hands on you, it's it's in versus the run or versus versus or not versus the run, but for, against the run or not against the run. I don't know what I'm saying. Run blocking and pass protection. He's once he once he gets his hands on you, it's it's ugly. Uh, I mean, he. The other thing I need to I need to touch on is I mean the the NFL has has loved these these tackles that can't play for shit but they're great athletes. Ford is a is a great athlete and he can actually play. So I think he's a guy that I could definitely justify being top ten on my board. And I'm not going to put him there yet. Right now he's probably top fifteen, but he he's amazing, guys. Uh, he's definitely an option at eleven. Um. He's up. I I don't know if I have him or Yadni Kajusi above, or not above, but who I have first, Yadni Kajusi or Cody Ford. But they're very close in my in my eyes. Uh, I don't know what you think, Braden, but I'll, I'll I'll hand it over to you. Now I'm with you. I really like Cody Ford. I, the NFL is really pissing me off with all these tackles, the guard, and last year Connor Williams, this year Jonah Williams. Maybe it's just the last name Williams that there's people. But, but did you say something? Yeah, Isaiah Wynn. I mean, he's another kid before, before and after. And, yeah, I, I mean, there was times where the people were saying, oh, put Mike Mawinchi at guard. Shut up. Stop talking. Yeah, just some people say, oh, it's because people in the inside get to the quarterback faster. No, shut up. Uh, offensive tackle is one of the most important positions on offense. It's huge. And I can't, I'm just laughing that some people think Williams is a guard. And the fact that people think Ford should play guard. I can see it, but I think he's a offensive tackle. I really love his athleticism. For me, I'm not sure I would quite say 11 is the perfect. I, I'm going to probably have him top 20 when I'm finished my big board. Somebody who I'd probably be okay with as of now might consider trading down, but Ford is somebody I like a lot for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a guy I would really consider 11, but I mean, we're obviously not going to uh, agree completely on big boards, but I mean, he he's the real deal, guys. I mean, he. I mean, if you think about it, this year and even last year, all the top offensive tackle prospects are all. Oh, well, he's a guard at the next level. At least someone is saying it. I mean, last year I heard something on Mike McGlinchey, Connor Williams, obviously Isaiah Wynn, obviously, and I'm not even gonna talk about Colton Miller because he's not he's not an offensive tackle. He's he's not an NFL lineman, but. <laughs> And then this year you got, I mean, you got people have been talking Yadni Kajusti moving into guard, Cody Ford obviously, and the Jonah Williams to guard talk is beyond me. I don't. Williams is one of the best offensive tackle prospects I've yeah, seen. Yeah, I don't understand it at all. Like, like Isaiah Wynn last year, when he was in college, by far the best offensive tackle in college football. It wasn't close. And people were like, oh, put him at guard. And yes, I know he's not the longest guy. I know he's not the tallest guy, but you can't. You can't take the best offensive tackle in college football and not give him a shot at, at tackle. It doesn't make any sense. If you're running a team like that, you're not. You probably don't have a very good team. Yeah, look at Connor Williams for the Cowboys this year. Some everybody's like, "Oh, guard, guard." Then genius Paul Alexander drafts him, puts him at guard. He got torched. He didn't have the ideal strength. So what makes you think if he has not the ideal strength of tackle that he would work at guard? And I, I'm not even gonna go that far, just because I mean. All the tackles that we're looking at this year, they they're good enough strength wise. I mean, Cody yeah. Ford obviously a mauler, Jonah Williams obviously a mauler, Yadni Kajusi very strong guy, very athletic guy. He's not the mauler that Jonah and Cody are, but he's up there. He's a very strong guy. I mean, they're, he's kind of a different kind of offensive tackle, really. He's 
more of a technician, more of a a long guy who's going to win with like length and win with footwork. But regardless, this this offensive tackle to guard stuff is draining. I really hate talking about it. It just makes me mad thinking about it. But um, yeah, anything else you want to touch up on? Uh, no. I know last week we said you talked about quarterback, but with the coaching updates and the prospects and kind of the crazy week of conference championship games, we wanted to delay that. Uh, depending what happens, if there's any coaching updates, we probably will discuss it next week and kind of what all these co- former quarterback coaches means for Andy Dalton. So. Yeah, uh, next week, uh, I mean, we've, we've gone through our quarterbacks so far. I mean, we've gone through the, the main guys. I mean, Haskins, Murray, Locke, uh, Daniel Jones, Ripien, et cetera. I mean, the, the main guys that are are tar- that are possible targets for the Bengals we've discussed already. So uh, we're not going to do quarterbacks for the draft prospects again next week, um, but we are going to talk about them a little bit. Uh, what pro- what position do you want to do next week, or do you just want to do some some catch up stuff again? I think we should do some catch up. Yeah. So who else do we need to watch? Um, Watch some Vasai and Joseph. Uh, Florida guy. Who who else do you think? Oh, God. I'm trying, I'm trying to. I'm going to pull. I'm back. Come to the top of my head. I have a. I have a watch list. I just don't have my laptop pulled up on that right now. Just give me one second, guys. Uh, okay, there it is. All right, all right, all right. Let's watch some Deshaun Davis, uh, Taven Coney, Eric McCoy. Uh, the first two are linebackers. Eric McCoy is a interior offensive lineman. We already talked about Vasian Joseph. Let's do some Andre Dilliard and. If we have time, Rocky Asin, the cornerback. All right. Good? Sounds good. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Good day. Yeah.